They are like tools, differing in this only, that they grow to the body. For indeed, there is no more use in these parts without the cause that moves and checks them than in the weaver's shuttle, or the writer's pen, or the driver's whip. 11. These are the properties of the rational soul. It sees itself, analyzes itself, and makes itself what it wills, bears and enjoys its own fruit, while in the vegetable or animal world the fruit is enjoyed by others, it obtains its own wherever the limit of life may be fixed. In a dance or in a play, an interruption leaves the action incomplete. Not so with the soul. At every point and wherever it may be stopped, its task is full and complete, so that it can say, I have what is my own. And further, it traverses the whole universe and the surrounding vacuum, and surveys its form, and extends itself into the infinity of time, and embraces and comprehends the periodical regeneration of all things. And it comprehends that those who come after us will see nothing new, nor have those before us seen anything more. But he who is forty years old, if he has any understanding at all, has seen everything by virtue of the uniformity of things past and to come. This, too, is a property of the rational soul, love of one's neighbor and truth and modesty, and to value nothing more than itself, which is also the property of law. Thus right reason differs not at all from the reason of justice. You will set little value on the delights of song and dance and the pancratium if you will break up the melody into its several sounds and ask yourself as to each if this is what enchanted you. For you will be prevented by shame from confessing it. And in the manner of dancing, if at each movement and attitude you will do the same, and similarly with the pancratium, in all things then, except virtue and virtuous acts, remember to apply yourself to their several parts, and by this division to come to value them little. Apply this rule to your whole life. Oh, for a soul that is ready at any moment to be separated from the body, either to be extinguished or dispersed or continue to exist. This readiness must come from a man's own judgment, not from mere obstinacy, as with the Christians, and considerately and with dignity, in a way that will persuade others without tragic show. Have I done something for the general interest? Well, I have had my reward. Let this be always present to your mind and never grow weary. What is your art? To be good. And how is this achieved except by understanding general principles, some about the nature of the universe and others about man's own constitution? Tragedies, the first form of drama, were brought on the stage as a means of reminding men of the things which happened to them and that it is according to nature for things to happen so, and that if you are delighted with what is shown on the stage, 
you should not be troubled with what takes place on the larger stage. For you see that the play must end in such a way, and that even in such cries as, O Scytheron, there is strength to bear, and the dramatists give us words of help, such as the following, Me and my children, if the gods neglect, this has its reason too. And again, we must not chafe at that which happens. And life's harvest reap like the wheat's fruitful ear, and other things of the same kind. After tragedy, the old comedy was introduced. This had a magisterial freedom of speech, and by its very plainness of speaking was useful in reminding men to beware of insolence, somewhat in the style used by Diogenes. But as to the middle comedy, which came next, note what it was, and for what object the new comedy was introduced, which gradually sank down into a mere mimic artifice. That some good things are said even by these writers everyone knows, but what is the main purpose of this school of drama? To what end does it look? It seems plain that there is not another condition of life so well suited for philosophy as this in which you now find yourself. A branch cut off from the adjacent branch must of necessity be cut off from the whole tree also. So too a man, when he is separated from another man, has fallen off from the whole social community. Now, as to a branch, another cuts it off, but a man, by his own act, separates himself from his neighbor when he hates him and turns away from him, and he does not know that he has, at the same time, cut himself off from the whole social system. Yet he has this privilege, certainly, from Zeus, who framed society, for it is in our power to grow again to that which is near to us, and again to become a part which helps to make up the whole. However, if this kind of separation happens often, it makes it difficult for that which detaches itself to be brought to unity and to be restored to its former condition. Finally, the branch which from the first grew together with the tree and has continued to have one life with it is not like that which after being cut off is then ingrafted, but it is something like what the gardeners mean when they say that it grows with the rest of the tree, but has not the same mind with it. As those who try to stand in your 